0: Thank you for listening to Connection Church's podcast. This week, Brandon Williams continues the series Momentum. In this message, Brandon talks about courage and how God is always our example and source of courage. What things in your life do you need to be asking God for more courage with? Good morning. How's everybody? Oh, good, 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 good. You ready to get going this morning? He'll look spry and alert, ready to go. Um, how about worship this morning, man? It was awesome. Thankful for our worship team and uh, the folks that do that. Absolutely incredible. Um, They put in so much time and effort into giving you an opportunity to have an incredible experience with God. And so thankful for them. Um, and the hard work they do Um, excited about this morning we're going to continue uh, this momentum series we've been looking at uh, Nehemiah's prayer in Nehemiah chapter one you can go ahead and turn there if you'd like we're actually going to be reading out of Nehemiah chapter two this morning um, talk a little bit about Nehemiah one and then uh, there's a verse in here that really grabbed my attention a few weeks ago as I was reading this and studying um, when God began to speak to my heart about this um, whole series um, and, and uh, out of that came this six-week series on prayer and today we're actually going to be looking at this prayer for courage a prayer a prayer that we would be able to take our st- next steps with God a prayer that we would be able to continue to move forward in our journey with God and so we're going to be looking at Nehemiah and how he prayed this and and how God answered that prayer and how he'll answer that prayer in our lives first before we jump in though I, I do want to just recognize the fact, man. We were able to baptize 33 people last week, man, that, that is awesome. I went back, I went back and started looking at it. And, uh, since October 9th of 2011, about eight months ago, we have been able to baptize 118 people. Um, so in eight months, God has done that kind of work in people's hearts. And, um, if it sounds like I'm boasting, I am, um, boasting in the Lord and what God is doing, man. It is absolutely incredible. Um, We take no credit for it, nothing we've done, uh, because only God can move in somebody's heart to change their heart and to change their life, and we simply want to celebrate the fact of what God has done for each one of us through Jesus. Um, And as we look at Jesus, he is our example. What an awesome example to follow. I'll follow somebody like that any day. And so we're going to continue to look at this and continue to look at how Nehemiah did a great and awesome work through prayer, um, how he initiated this spiritual momentum through prayer, through God working in his heart and in his life. And so if you have your Bibles, turn to Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. First, I'm going to catch you up. Uh, remember, Nehemiah was a cupbearer to the king. He was captive in Babylon and uh, he, he was a cupbearer, meaning he tasted the wine before the king drank it. Uh, so that if he died the king knew somebody was trying to poison him he didn't drink it right and so he he had a great awesome job on one hand he got to drink wine all day on the other hand though he, uh, he could be poisoned any day. And uh, so he was before the king day in and day out. And we looked at this prayer where Nehemiah chapter 1, he begins to pray um, to the great God and we looked at how prayer was recognizing the greatness of God. We looked at how, how prayer was um, a prayer of repentance and we would go before God with repentance. We looked at different aspects of Nehemiah's prayer throughout chapter 1. As I was reading in chapter 2 one day, I came across this one little verse, we're going to read it in just a second. It's found in Nehemiah 2.4. I want to read to you Nehemiah 2. 1 through 5 we're actually going to read this and we're going to pray and we're going to jump in my prayer today is that by the time we leave we we have been filled uh with courage through the the encouragement of God's spirit to take our next step as Christians so let's read Nehemiah 2 verses 1 through 5 it says in the month of Nisan in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes when wine was brought before him I took the wine and gave it to the king I had not been sad in his presence before so the king asked me, why does your face look so sad when you are not ill? This could be nothing but sadness of heart. I was very much afraid, but I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my fathers were buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? The king said to me, what is it you want? And this is, Then I prayed to the God of heaven and I answered the king, If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city in Judah where my fathers are buried so that I can rebuild it. Let's pray. Lord, God, we thank you for the opportunity that we can come to you in prayer. We thank you, God, that you do invite us to a personal relationship with you. Um, God, what an overwhelming thing to think that you thought of us, God. We didn't deserve it. We've done nothing to warrant it. God, you thought of us. Thank you. God, my prayer is that today we would take courage from your word. We would take courage from the example of Nehemiah. We would take courage from the example of Jesus, our Savior. And we would take our next step with you, following you in this awesome journey that we get to go on with you, Lord. So speak to our hearts, Father, I pray. Through your word and through the power of your Holy Spirit, do an incredible thing today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, most of you know, if you've been here for a while, you've probably heard me talk about my previous life. Before ministry, uh, I was in the construction business, specifically in the roofing business. Um, I've always joked around about the fact that um, I'm probably the only roofer in the history of roofing that was afraid of heights. I I hated heights. It was, I guess, God's sense of humor. Let's put him on a roof every day um, since he's afraid of heights. And so I worked in the roofing industry for about 10 years. Um, one of those jobs that I actually did and some of you, most of you are probably familiar with is, uh, at the Performing Arts Center. Anybody familiar with that? Yeah. Uh, one of the first jobs I was ever on, didn't know what I was doing, um, and, and get out there and, and working on this job. One part of the roof was actually, uh, the fly tower that sits right in the, kind of in the middle of the building. You familiar with that? When you ride by, it's the tallest part of the building, way, way, way up there, right? I'm thinking it's probably at least 80 feet off of the ground from uh, the very tip-top to the very bottom floor. And, uh, and, and we used to have to go up there, and for, for probably a month or so, I would go up there every single day. You can imagine I was a little tense about this, wasn't very excited about it, would wake up in the mornings literally thinking about having to go up that high and having to be up there working uh, for most of the day. Um, there was one particular part that I absolutely hated it was when uh you got up to the top you'd have to go up some stairs that were actually inside the building thank god we weren't climbing up a ladder that high I never would have made it um but you would go up some stairs that were inside the building and once you got to the very top you had to walk across the this floor to get to the, the the scuttle hole in the roof which would take you up on the roof which then you could see pretty much all of Statesboro which was freaking me out every day of my life and so You would go up, you would get to this floor and you'd have to walk across this floor to this scuttle hole. The only problem with that was it was an open grating. So I'm about 70, 80 feet up in the air having to walk across metal grating that I can see all the way down to the floor. Y'all see any kind of issue with that that I might have? I'm walking across, looking down at the ground, freaking out. I woke up in the mornings thinking about this. like, I've got to walk across there and i'm walking across there with these men who who been roofing and and like typically men who roof are like men you know what i'm saying and you don't want to like you don't want to show fear around them and so they're like come on where you go greenhorn come on and they're like come on and so i'm walking across there and then in the back of my mind i'm thinking who put this down because let's be honest on a construction job you never know what somebody did the night before right you don't know what they did at lunch one day I was up there and I caught two guys smoking weed up on the roof they didn't work for us they worked for the people who had put this together and now I got to walk across it and I'm afraid of heights I'm like this this stinks God why you know and walking across this open grating and looking down at the floor and every day I would jump from like beam to beam kind of trying to hold on without people seeing me Be like y'all going up I'll be up in a second you know and 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 thinking about is this thing gonna hold me literally scared every time I would step that it was gonna be my last and I realized this week I was thinking about that story and I realized that's where a lot of people live a lot of us live in a place where we are horrified to take our next step a lot of us today are living in a place that we are afraid that the very thing we've built our life on is not going to support the weight of our next step and the truth of the matter is and this is the reality everybody in here in Jesus everybody in here has a next step to take that's why we call it a journey with God in a journey you take a next step you continually move forward But here's also the other reality. Every next step contains some measure of fear. Every person in here has a next step to take. Every next step contains some measure of fear. We're all kind of in the same boat, right? The reality is each one of us needs courage to take our next step. Some of you in here today, you're you're next step. You're 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 worried, um, and the thing that's gripping you, and the thing that's hindering you from living uh, to the fullness that God would have you to live, and in the fullness that would bring God the most glory, is that that you're worried about health. You're worried about um. You're 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 in fear about um. What what the doctor's going to say, or or what he's already said, or what's going to happen. Some people in here today, your fear, your worry, your concern is that that um your job is not going to last or you're worried about your finances am I going to be able to pay the bills next week are we going to keep the lights on are we not going to keep the lights on you're worried about your children hello any parent in here that you've ever been a little bit worried about your kids like every second yes thank you every second are they going to make the right decisions have I done enough what about what do I do people in here today are concerned people in here today have fear about taking the next step and here's the thing that we have to realize when we have fear when we come to this place where we're concerned where we're worried about taking the next step the real question we need to be asking is do I trust what I'm stepping on do I trust what I'm walking on do I believe that the one I'm building my life on is able to support and hold together everything as he promised nehemiah was in this place in in verse four of chapter two when you read this you look at it and and it says this it says um Nehemiah first up in verse three it says I was very much afraid and then he comes down to verse four and it says the king said to me what is it you want and then there's just this one little line that, that, that Nehemiah says and he says then I prayed to the God of heaven then I prayed to the God of heaven I was reading that the other day and I was like why didn't it tell us what he prayed I'd like to know that prayer right I mean he's about to risk his life he's about to lay it all down he's about to say God here it goes I'm taking this step to go before the king so that I can go back and try to rebuild your city I'm taking this next step I know he might kill me I know that if he sees this as a sign of disloyalty he could cut my head off he could hang me on the gallows he could do whatever he wants to to me but God I'm about to do this and all it tells us is he says he prayed to the God of heaven it made me think about um, my granddaddy when when I was a little boy. is the earliest memories I have. We would sit around my granddaddy's table and he said the same blessing every time we ever ate. The only problem was I never understood a word of what he said. It, it sounded something like, it was like, Lord, no, please don't no, bless the Christ. I was like, what was that? I was like, he's Baptist, he's gone Pentecostal, he's speaking in tongues. I got no idea like what he just prayed. And it was years and years later, I finally was like, what's he saying? didn't really understand it but here's the thing i don't believe that nehemiah in this situation was was saying a blessing i don't believe that nehemiah was was saying some prayer that that was just some um some frivolous prayer i don't think he was praying for the family pet i i I believe with all my heart and this is what i believe you see nehemiah doing is there's this moment when he is faced with this fear that he mentions in up in verse three he says i was very much afraid and in this moment in this this time he looks at at, at the, the situation and then he turns to God and he says God help God give me strength God give me courage he's looking to the Lord to strengthen him we don't know the exact words But I know this, I know that he was looking to find strength from God to be able to take the next step, to make his request known, to do what God called us to do, called him to do. And this is the thing that I know, people, listen, if the church needs anything today, it needs courageous people. It needs people who don't shrink back in the face of fear. It needs people who, when they're in the workplace, they're the same as they are from 1045 to 11 on Sunday morning. These people that when the bullets start flying, we don't start running, that we stand up for what we believe, we come in and we sing these songs about courage, and we, we sing these songs about not backing down, about standing for what we believe in. but are we standing for what we believe in in the world? Are we really the same listen, are we the same person on Saturday night that we are in here at 11:15? Are we finding courage to be the same people that God called us to be when we're around certain people? Or do we begin to become more like them? Listen to me, church. Listen to me, Christians. You weren't called to become more like the world. You were called to create the world and have the world begin to follow you so that they become more like Christ. We're not supposed to be molded into their pattern. We're supposed to be standing firm on the truth of who Jesus is, on the truth of, of the gospel, on the pow- in the power of the Holy Spirit that is within us so that the world doesn't change us, we change the world. That's our call. That's what, that's what God's plan is, is that through us we bring him glory and through the change that we bring to the world. That his glory is seen. But do we begin to shrink back in the face of opposition? Today I want to talk to you about courage. And I want to talk to you about praying for courage. I want to talk to you about... how we see this in our life and my prayer again I've said this 3 times already I want you to hear it is that when you walk out of here today you are courageous people not based off of what you can do or who you are but based off of the truth of the gospel of Jesus and based off of the fact that he lives in you we sing this song about roaring like a lion is he roaring like a lion on the inside of you is there something in you that sees injustice that sees evil that sees sin that sees hurt that sees pain and is there something in you that gets riled up is there something Something in you that makes you want to correct it is there something in you that begins to make you pray when you're at work and you see people who are struggling do we laugh or do we take pleasure somehow in their pain that somehow if they fail we might succeed or do we pray do we recognize these things is there something in us that makes us want to rise up to do something about the things we see in the world I want to talk to you about taking courage taking action to do these things the first thing I want to tell you about courage is that courage is standing firm and moving according to your convictions despite fear that courage is standing firm and moving according to your convictions despite fear here's the reality everybody in here is afraid of something here's the reality everybody in here today there's something that in the back of your mind makes you somewhat fearful reality is everybody in here has a next step to take each next step contains some measure of fear and the reality we have to ask ourselves is this fear is this keeping me from taking my next step with jesus whatever that is because everybody has some measure of fear in their lives you cannot follow jesus and not face fear and i'll tell you this Courage or cowardice is not based on whether there's fear or there's not fear. Courage or cowardice is based on how we respond to the fear. I've heard people say this before. Well, fear is a sin. I I believe fear is an emotion. I believe how we respond to it creates whether it's a sin or not. Does it hinder you from following Jesus? Because as a Jesus follower, we are called to follow. We are called to take our next steps. Is it hindering you? Is it keeping you from following him? It's not the absence of are Listen, last week it was awesome, man. It was one of those Sundays I got to talk about a lot about things that God had done. And we talked about the favor of God and how God's favor positions us in a place where we can impact God's people for His purpose, of spreading His glory. We talked about all those things. And this, it was awesome. I was able to stand up and talk about some of the ways we've seen God's favor in the church. And I told you about how we had borrowed the $20,000 and we were, at that time, our offerings that, a week were about 1500 We were paying payroll, different things like that during that time. And, and so it was a huge step of faith. And I told you how we paid that thing back in seven days. I was hoping we maybe would pay it back in four months, five months. God gave us the ability to pay it back in seven days. It was awesome. And we can stand up and say, look, this is what God's favor does. This is what his favor does. I told you about knocking down walls and, and, and being able to remove the walls from that old building and filling in the swimming pool and doing all this stuff. And man, it was awesome. And we saw God's favor on our lives. We saw his hand working in our lives. We saw all of this stuff. we um, were talking about even moving here, how God opens the doors and we 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 were able to come into this place and begin to worship instead of doing three services in that smaller building. And it was awesome how God moved and how we saw His favor. And all of those things are awesome. And all of those things are good. And all of those things show God's hand working in our lives. But here's the reality, people. When we were in the middle of those things, there was fear. Right? It wasn't like we just went through those things and everything was hunky dory and we were like, let's sign the dotted line twenty thousand dollars yeah there was fear it wasn't like we were knocking down the wall everybody else was having a great time like knocking down walls with sledgehammers jumping on the ceiling grid pulling it down having a great time i'm over there going oh lord what are we doing god please show up it wasn't like there was no fear attached here's the thing every next step and 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 here's what we said about favor is that you find favor as we continue in the journey but here's the thing to continue in the journey you have to take a next step And each next step contains some measure of fear. We face fear as Christians. The thing that we have to realize is that when there's a conviction in our heart that this is the next step I have to take, that this is the next thing I have to do, then we begin to take that step regardless. We begin to face the fear. We begin to move in spite of the fear. We begin to continue on, not not letting the fear hold us back. The Bible tells us that God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. We can continue to move in spite of opposition, in spite of the fears that come before us. We continue to take our next steps, not letting letting it hinder us. This is what Nehemiah did. There was a conviction in his heart that was greater than himself, greater than his fear. And when we begin to have this conviction that's bigger than us, that there's something that's got to be done, that, that God places in our heart, that I've got to move forward, I've got to follow Jesus. It may cost me everything, but I've got to move forward. We begin to move. And we begin to step and we continue to go because there's something on the inside of us that is bigger than the fear we face. When we have this conviction, Nehemiah had it, these biblical heroes, they had it. We have this conviction, it propels us, it moves us beyond our fear. This is one way I know that this church is not done with with all that God's called us to do. Like I don't believe God's like, okay, three years, that's cool, y'all move on. Because there's a conviction that is bigger than we are. There's a conviction that's bigger than just this room. There's a conviction that says we've got a community to reach. There's a conviction that says we've got a a state to reach. There's a conviction that says we've got a world to reach that we need to continue to move forward. We need to continue to press on. That we need to continue to keep going. But let me be honest with you. When I think about this stuff, when I think about the things that God has put in our hearts to do, when I think about the original vision that God gave us, it can be scary. When I think about that that, that one day, there'll probably be a time when we plant another church. Right? I'm like, God, we did good just to make it through this one. You really want us to do this again? But there are people who need to be rich, reached and the conviction that we have to connect unbelievers to God and believers to each other is bigger than the fear of what if it doesn't work? What if we don't make it? What if people laugh? What if people say things that, that, like, why are you starting another church? Why are you doing it? Aren't there enough churches? They said all that the first time. But the conviction moves us beyond the fear we continue to do what we are called to do because we know that it is bigger than us in my own life listen to me there are days and just to be perfectly honest there are days when i'm like isn't there an easier way than this isn't there an easier way to do this you know the reality of it yeah there is but there's a conviction that there's something greater to do there's something greater ahead of us we have to continue to move forward with and it pushes us past the fear it pushes us past the what if and we continue to move we continue to go forward you know the funny thing about it this this uh i was thinking about it this week and i was thinking about how the soldiers the ones who who stand when the bullets start flying the ones who who look at the at the the enemy, and even when it seems like all the odds are against them, the ones who stand are the ones who are fighting out of a conviction. Listen, they might all march into battle, but the ones who stay and fight, the ones who stay until it's said, it's done, win or lose, live or die. Are the ones who believe in what they're fighting for my question to the church today my question to you today is do we believe enough in our in the in the conviction of the Lord that we're supposed to be reaching the lost that we're supposed to be growing in the Lord that the purposes of God are supposed to be accomplished in our life do we believe enough in that are we convicted by that enough that we will continue to move forward we'll continue to step we'll do whatever it takes if it costs us everything to just for the opportunity to reach the lost do we have that conviction if not we need to go to God and we need to pray for it that he would do something in our hearts that he would do something great in us so that he could do something great through us the second thing I tell you about courage is that courage is required to make a great impact courage is required to make a great impact I believe this is why if you look at all the biblical heroes if you look at all of them one of the things that God does with just about every one of them is he looks at them and he tells them, be courageous. Be encouraged. Don't shrink back. Keep moving forward. He, he tells Joshua, he had to tell Joshua three times in one chapter. Be strong and courageous, Joshua. Huh? Be strong and courageous, Joshua. What? What? Be strong and courageous Joshua and everywhere the sole of your foot treads I'll give you the land. If we could realize that God wants to take the land for his glory it would give us confidence to move forward. If we can realize that God is speaking to our hearts, if we can hear his voice saying be strong and be courageous, take your next step, don't walk in fear, I've got you, keep moving forward. If we could just realize this, if we can understand that the God of the universe is speaking encouragement to our hearts to keep moving. I know there are people in here, you, you're, you're even in ministry right now and you're wondering, man, can I make it? Am I going to be able to make it? Am I going to, God, what am I doing? And what I would tell you is keep moving forward. Some of you are in jobs and you look at it and you're like, why am I here? Everybody around me, all they do is cuss and talk about how many people they sleep with and da, 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 da. why, Why am I in this environment? You're in the environment because God wants to use you to change somebody's life. Take courage, move forward. Don't shrink back. Hold on, keep moving. So many times when we look at people who have this great courage and who make a great impact we think about these one-time moments these these big events like this week we celebrated an incredible day D-Day we 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 looked at the fact I I think the statistics where there were like 5,000 ships 13,000 planes um there were over 100,000 soldiers who were involved with D-Day who marched in on the beaches of Normandy and who went and and began to go fight against Hitler and I mean come on an evil tyrant they go in and they begin to fight and they show great courage and thank God for those men and on that day I believe we lost over 9,000 allied troops but at the end of that day there were over a hundred thousand men who were marching across Europe to go take Hitler and his regime down great courage and we look at these, these monumental days and we look at these great events where people show incredible courage and as great as they are, what I want to tell you today is this, listen, some of the greatest acts of courage don't happen on a national scene, aren't things that are written in history books. Some of the greatest acts of courage are people who get up day after day and they live out of faith in Jesus day after day and they're faithful day after day following god day after day and they continue to take their next step day after day to bring glory to god to shine forth the light of christ and they continue doing it it's a single mom who wakes up every morning and they look at their child and they take that child and they love the child and they're raising the child the best they can do according to what god has given them to do it with and they're taking that they're pouring jesus into that child's life it's it's the couple who their marriage is falling apart and listen to me everything says just give up like the other 50 of the world but this is what they do they suck it up and they begin to move forward and they say you know what you did some bad things to me and they say you did some bad things to me but at the end of the day they said we're going to fight through this we're going to make this work there are people in here today that I could point to I could pull you up on stage right now and I could say everything was against them but they took courage from the Lord they faced their problems and God put their marriage back together I would tell you today that take courage and move forward Address the issues that need to be addressed. Some of you are facing things in your job, in your workplace. Whatever it is, you continue to move forward. You continue to take your next step of faith. Some of the greatest acts of courage don't take place on a national scene. We don't see them on television. We don't watch them slam dunk, hit home runs. We don't, we don't, don't ever know about it. But they continue to move forward one step at a time, faithful to God and trusting in God and taking courage that God will do everything. Everything He's promised to do. And we find courage when we begin to look at Him. We, we find courage to do great things. We find courage to do great things when we recognize the greatness of God. I want to ask you today, do you realize if you are in Christ, do you realize the foundation you stand on? Do you realize the foundation that you have. I want to read a scripture to you real quick. It's in Proverbs chapter 28 verse 1. I came across it this week and it just really hit me, and stuck with me. It says in Proverbs 28 1, it says, The wicked man flees though no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. The wicked man flees. Even though nobody perceives. In other words, he's running from an irrational fear. Right? If nobody's chasing you, you're like, oh my gosh. That's pretty irrational. He's running from an irrational fear. But it says here that the righteous are as bold as a lion. In other words, they don't back down. They don't retreat. They fight. If you're in Christ, you are the righteous. Not by a righteousness of your own, but by a righteousness that God has given us. Listen, if you're not in Christ, you ought to run. You've got nothing to stand on, nothing secure. But if you are in Christ, you stand on a foundation that was laid before the beginning of time. You stand on Jesus Christ. You stand on one who does not back down, who does not shrink. You stand on one who overcame sin and death, who has overcome the world, and who has given us the ability to overcome as well. My encouragement to you is recognize the greatness of the one that you stand upon. Don't retreat, don't surrender. Stand up, go to the Lord, ask the Lord, God, give me some backbone. Help me to stand, God. Help me to continue taking my next steps, moving with courage. Nehemiah took great courage. He understood this. He understood that if I'm going to do something great for the kingdom of God, it's going to involve me finding courage and strength in the Lord. It's going to involve fear. It's going to involve risk. And the third one I want to tell you is that courage requires risk. Nehemiah took a great risk he comes here in chapter 2 and and he comes to the to the king and literally the king could have said just go kill this guy he's disloyal he wants to go build another kingdom just kill him he took great risk to move forward in courage to move forward with God to take our next steps of the Lord requires great risk listen you can't have courage without risk you can't have courage without fear But when we recognize the Lord, we begin to move in His power and His strength and what He's called us to do, we begin to realize we can do this. We begin to realize that God has got our back. I'm on a foundation that cannot be shaken, and we move forward despite the risk. It's what God has called us to do. Somehow, in our Christian culture, we have equated following Jesus we've equated courage with comfort that's the thing that I I just I don't understand because somehow we've equated courage with comfort like if somehow we can find courage then we'll find comfort and here's the thing I know about us as Americans we work as hard as we can to be comfortable and if there's something that that doesn't work that, that doesn't make us comfortable we'll invent something to make us comfortable whatever it takes The only problem with that is that mentality does not translate to Christianity. And see, here's the thing, man. When we celebrate baptisms and we celebrate salvations and we celebrate all that, that is awesome and that is good. But what we have to realize as Christians is that we're not done. That's like enlisting in the army. That's like going and and signing up and saying, yeah, I'll go to war. It doesn't become about our comfort. We don't come to Christ so that everything's okay in our lives and in our circumstances. We come to Christ because he saved our soul. We come to Christ because he's worthy and the greatest riches we'll ever find are in him. The greatest thing we can ever know or have is in Jesus. And we can't somehow equate being courageous or being comfortable. We need people who will stand up. Who recognize the God inside of them and be courageous. We need, listen, we need teenagers who look at the world around them, who look at the filth around them, who look at the things that go on around them and say, I'm not doing that. I'm not going that route. My life has been set apart to bring glory to God. I'm not going down that road and no matter what anybody says, no matter what anybody thinks, I'm going to live for God. And listen to me teenagers, listen, listen, you will not get to the end of your life and regret having served God. And I can tell you this, there are a lot of you right now, because I know a lot of you who are thinking this, you're thinking I can get away with a little bit. No, you can't. No, you can't. I can can push the edge just a little bit. I guarantee you there's about 100 people in here right now who would love to talk to you about what happens when you push the edge just a little bit. Because you know what happens? The edge keeps moving. And you keep following it. My question is, do you have the courage, do you have the strength from the Lord? Are you calling on the name of the Lord so that you can stand? Are you preparing your heart to stand? most scholars believe this that nehemiah had prayed for four months before he made his request known to the king four months he had been praying god give me favor god forgive us of our sins god remember your promises god you are great and awesome you can do this four months and then finally the moment comes where the king recognizes you're sad today what's wrong he says lord give me strength give me courage and then he makes his request known Four months he'd been praying. And this is what I'll tell you. Listen, if you haven't spent time preparing your heart, you'll never stand in the moment. You'll never stand in the moment when you haven't spent time in God's presence. Prepare your hearts. Listen, teenagers, prepare your hearts. Adults, prepare your hearts. Get ready so that when the moment comes, you're ready. You're, you're able to stand. Paul tells the Ephesians, he says, stand when you've done all, stand how in faith continue to move forward continue to trust in the Lord continue to follow him no matter what it takes and I'll tell you this guys listen to me I've seen this in my own life it's all throughout scripture every biblical hero had to do this the first step is always the hardest the first step is always the hardest. Whatever it is that God's put on your heart, whether it's something God's called you to do, whether it's something that God has, has uh, convicted you of not to do, whatever it is, the first step is the hardest. If it's a relationship that's not good, listen, listen, girls, guys, you're in a relationship that's not good, get out. It's real easy. This, the, the answer is simple. Doing it, it may be hard, but it's not something that we have to really debate on. Get out. first step's the hardest I was at a friend's house the other day and um I had taken some clothes over one of my children were spending the night at their house and uh his wife was standing at the door and and I had the clothes I went in and set them down she was looking for something in her pocketbook or in a bag or something I started out the door I missed the top step bam I like fell down the steps I'm, I'm, I'm hitting my watch up against the wall I mean made all this commotion she never even saw it she just turned around and I'm on her steps like this First step got me. First step is the hardest one to take. But here's the deal. If you'll take your first step, you'll begin to see the hand of God. If you'll step in obedience, you will begin to see the hand of God on your life. And it might not be that everything goes perfect, but you will know at the core of your being, this is right. It might be hard i'm not telling you that doubts aren't going to come but what i am telling you is if you'll step you'll know you'll find it You'll, you'll know this is what i am supposed to be doing and the next step and the next step and the next step gets easier because you can look back at the first step and the second step and the third step and see god's hand all over it and trust him to take the next one it's it's contagious people Look at it and they see it and they find courage. Maybe there's somebody in your life, listen, who their next step with Jesus is dependent upon you to having the courage to take your next step. Because they see it in your life and then they think, you know what, I can do that. I can continue to move. The last one that I would tell you is this, that courage should be possessed by God's people. The, the fourth, courage should be possessed by God's people. We should be a courageous people. When we look at the fact that God is for us, we're just the this song again. Listen, if our God is for us, who can be against us? I'd like to throw one more line in there. It was like, if God's for us, who cares who is against us? If he's got our back, who gives a rip? If he's for us, then who could be against us? We can move in confidence. We can have courage. I was looking back over some of these biblical heroes that that we always look at and we're like wow man they are awesome do you know every person that God used in the Bible was not, they were not great like the gospel is not that God takes great people and makes them greater the gospel is that he takes the weak dumb things of the world and he confounds the wise using weak people to do great things the greatness that we're able to accomplish for the kingdom of God is not found in ourselves thank God it's found in Jesus. It's found in who he is. And we can accomplish these things when we begin to move with God. I was looking at all these biblical heroes. I was looking at Moses. Moses, man, Moses' life even started out bad. He's floating in a river in a basket. There was nothing great, he was a murderer, he was a shepherd. God had to literally light a bush on fire and talk from it to get his attention. I was looking at the life of David David man listen nothing great about David he was the youngest son he was the smallest he was the one nobody thought would ever amount to anything some of y'all have brothers or sisters like that if you don't then you're probably the brother or sister that people look at like that (laughs) that there's this they didn't think anything and yet when it came time to fight because he knew who his God was because he knew how big God is he's like y'all are afraid of that guy i mean he's tall he's like nine ten foot tall yeah and he's carrying a telephone pole around for a a pole but i mean for a staff or whatever but you know um and his yeah his helmet and head weighs more than i do but i can take that guy i'll fight for the lord he knew who his guy was and here's the awesome thing i love this about david he goes out he takes his little sling he's like whoosh, 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 whoosh. the rock hits the his goliath in the head he falls down We don't talk about the next part in Sunday school. He goes over, gets on top of Goliath, takes his own, takes Goliath's sword and cuts his head off. And he's still not done. The Bible says he takes his head all the way back to King Saul. And he's like, here, I brought this for you. That dude was intense. joker was you think he had some courage because i can tell you like i might have thrown the rock when it was time i'd be like and certainly not picking up the guy's head courage he had courage he he moved in courage um in first kings chapter 18 one of my favorite uh, biblical accounts is with the prophet Elijah. He was a prophet to the nation of Israel, trying to get them to turn back from, from idolatry and trying to get them to turn to the Lord. And, and Elijah uh, goes and, and the, everybody's turning to this God called Baal and, and they're following him. And so finally Elijah goes, here's the deal. I'm the only one left living. Y'all have killed every other prophet. I'm the only one left living. You've got 450 prophets of Baal. This is what I want you to do. Go get them all. Bring them up here. We're going to have a little contest to see who's God's real. He goes and he piles up a bunch of wood people pile up all this wood and 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 then and then he pours water on it and or before he pours water on he gets the prophets of Baal out and he's like come here guys listen you call on your God I'll call on my God we'll see whose God lights this on fire so they get out there and they're dancing around and they're chanting and they're doing all this stuff they're cutting each other with swords they're doing all this crazy stuff and nothing happens Elijah begins to mock him he's like where's your God there's literally a verse in there that says where's your God maybe he's using the bathroom And he begins to mock them. And then he tells them, he's like, all right, dig a trench around it, pour water in it, pour water on the wood and pour water on the sacrifice. And then he says, God, show yourself to these people. And it goes, he lights it on fire. And we look at Moses, we look at David, we look at Elijah and we think, man, they must've been great people. No, they just served a great God. This is what I want you to understand is that you can have courage You can take your next step. You can continue to follow God on this journey. Listen, they were people just like us. In fact, the Bible says so. Listen to this scripture in James chapter 5, verse 17. I'm just going to read the very first part of it. It says, Elijah was a man just like us. Elijah was a man just like us. He was a person just like you ladies. He was a man just like us men. We can have the same courage. We can have the same powerful prayer life. We can have the same impact for the kingdom of God that Elijah had. We're not, we're not called to Elijah's ministry, but God has called us to ministry. He's called us to share his love and his grace with this world. He was a man just like us. In Acts six or 1 Corinthians chapter 16, there's a verse in there that says, Paul instructs him, he's, he's finishing this letter to the Corinthians. He says, listen to me. I want you to stand firm. And the literal translation of what he says next is this, act like men. He says, act like men. I read that this week and I was so convicted. I was like, Do I act like a man? It was a, a common word and, and phrase used in the Old Testament about soldiers. He would say, literally, they, they would say, let's go in the strength of the Lord. Let's go in the courage of the Lord. Act like men. Stand up. Be bold. My challenge today is, 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 guys, listen, are you acting like men? Are you leading like men? Are you, are you taking courageous steps of faith like men? Ladies, are you drawing strength in the Lord? Are you, you standing up for what's right? Are you, are you willing to take your next step? Are you willing to trust God, to follow God? Teenagers, are you willing to follow the Lord no matter what it costs? Will you take courage, courage in knowing that no matter what it costs me, I've already got the greatest riches in Jesus. Will you draw strength from the Lord? The greatest act of courage that we've ever seen was Jesus Christ. When we begin to see the heart of God, God's heart for his people in Jesus, we'll begin to draw courage. When we begin to see the riches in Christ, we begin to draw courage courage do you understand that your savior jesus christ was tempted just as you are he wasn't some he was fully man listen he was fully man he he went through the same temptations you do he went through the same fears you do and you're like jesus afraid yes he was tempted in every way as we are i was reminded again this week i was reading in Luke 4 It's where Jesus is tempted in every way by Satan and in the desert and and he's throwing all these temptations at him. And then Jesus finally, after Satan's tempted him and done all these things, he says, get behind me, Satan. And Satan departs from him. Then we go on over to Matthew chapter 16 and we read where Peter, God bless Peter, man. Peter, elevator didn't go all the way to the top, I don't think, with Peter. But he pulls Jesus aside. Jesus is telling him, I'm going to have to die. And he pulls Jesus aside and he starts rebuking Jesus. Not a good idea. He begins to try to rebuke Jesus. He's like, Jesus, you can't do this. You can't die. There's work to be done here. There's stuff left to be done. You can't die. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. You don't have in mind the things of God, but the things of man. It's interesting, Luke 4, the Bible tells us that after Satan was done tempting, he left him until an opportune time. I believe this, there was an absolute opportune time for Satan to come in and tempt Jesus. When we look at Matthew chapter 16 and Peter begins to tell him, you don't have to do this, Jesus. But Here's the awesome thing about it. Jesus knew, I have a purpose greater than myself. I got to do this. The Bible tells us that he prayed, he went to the Lord and the Lord strengthened him. I was reading in Psalm 138, verse three this week and the Psalmist wrote, I I called on your name, O Lord, and you answered. One translation says, you emboldened me. One translation says, you strengthened me with great boldness. This is what I know. Regardless of what you are facing today, that could possibly be hindering you from following Jesus, from taking your next step of faith, God is able to strengthen you. Regardless of what you face in your marriage, regardless of what you face in your family, regardless of what you face at school, regardless of what you face with your health, regardless of what you face, whatever you are facing, God is able to strengthen you. You may be doubting. Listen, you may be just going through a time where you're even doubting your faith. Really, God? God is able to strengthen you and He desires to strengthen you that you can continue to put one foot in front of the other and move in this journey with Him to bring Him closer. who you're calling on when you go to the Lord for strength listen, today is the end of this this prayer series and I'm encouraging you to pray for courage I'm encouraging you with all these other messages, you missed them, go back and listen I didn't go into a lot in this series about how to pray because I believe that everybody's prayer life is individualistic, it's different. Some people pray better in one setting. Some people pray better in another setting. Even my children pray the different way. Dave prays to himself. Jackson prays out loud and reed claps. The reality of it is we can go to God because of Jesus. If you are in Christ, you have been given access to his throne. You've been given access to the presence of God to draw courage from him to continue taking your next step I thought it would only be fitting if at the end of a prayer service we prayed for each other at the end of a prayer series that we would pray for one another and this is what I want to do today listen everybody in here has a next step to take and that next step involves fear you face fear what I want to ask you today is are you willing to take a step of faith this morning we can pray with you, that God would give you the courage to face that fear, that the fear would not define you, but who you are in Christ would define you. So this is what we're going to do. The band's going to play a song. So I came to my rescue. While they're playing this song, our prayer team's going to be down here at the front, and we want to pray for you. We want to pray that God would strengthen you to take your next step. Strengthen you to trust in Him. Strengthen you in your spirit to know that the one that you're building your life on, if it is Christ, He is able to sustain you, to hold you. That you're on solid ground and that you can take your next step. Prayer team's going to come forward and this is what I'm going to ask you. If you need prayer today. I would tell you, listen. Maybe your first step of courage is to come down here and let us pray for you. But as this man plays, I want you to get up. I want you to move. I want you to come down here and allow us to pray for you. You're facing something that you know I need the strength of the Lord. Come down here and let us pray for you. Because I believe when we call on the Lord, He answers, He strengthens us and gives us courage. While we stand, we'll sing this song those of you who need prayer you come let us pray for you